The show that doesn't grab them by the but does occasionally kick them in the ball. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show on the Pacifica Radio Network. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show on the Pacifica Radio Network. Welcome to it, boy. Today, do we have a lot to talk about? Me and the Midwest correspondent have got some trolls to be outing. We'll talk all about how Russia used social media to attack us and who specifically they attacked, plus Donald Trump and the GOP's attack on democracy and more. That's in the show to come. Before we get to all of that, welcome to it. My name is, of course, Shaggy Jenkins. It's stamped all over the show. Uh, You can find me at the website shaggyjenkins.com, on Spotify or Patreon. Just look for The Shaggy Jenkins Show or wherever fine social media is apparently heavily manipulated by Russian agents. Look for me at Shaggy Live, a guy that is the host of his own show heard on the Pacifica Radio Network once a week. Host of the Ron Pertee Show and Midwest Correspondent, please welcome Ron Pertee. That's me. Yay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm in this like burger coma and I didn't even finish the burger. Uh, I'm saving it for, for when we're done. And it's just, it's something that's totally a Midwest type burger. It has, to, there's, I don't think, if anybody in Maui or, or anything tried to eat this burger, um, they, yeah. Well, see, that's, that's kind of funny that you bring up things that are edible in some parts of the country and, and not in the others. Because, Ron, this is something I want to bring up with our first story. In some parts of the country, the idea of Donald Trump being manipulated by Russians is kind of, it's kind of okay to them, isn't it? Yeah, they seem, uh, they seem all right with the fact that there is uh, a foreign power who is basically running uh, our quote-unquote leader. Yeah, yeah. Well, when it comes to that whole sh- uh, charade, or should we say that whole scenario, the charade that Donald Trump has been trying to put forward has always been Russia had no interest in the 2016 election. It didn't do anything at his behest or any agents of the Trump campaign's behest. And when 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 all of it comes down, this is all just a Democratic slash Robert Mueller deep state conspiracy against Donald Trump. However, Ron, we have to talk about the latest report that was presented. Uh, I think it was from the SSCI, the select Sen- uh, the Senate Select Subcommittee uh, on Intelligence. They basically put forward a um, a report that showed the level and depth uh, that Ronald, uh, that Ronald, that Russian trolls... I did nothing! I know, I know. Look, you mentioned burgers, okay? The name just came out. Um, Russian trolls, how they used social media to manipulate us. And, and Ron, what do we know, just, just from glancing at the report, what was Russia primarily after? Um, I'm going to go out and throw a guess here, um, because of burger coma. Um, but, uh, they wanted to, uh, kind of control the African American population. Now, see, that's the thing that, that was kind of shocking to me because <clears throat> when it comes to what we have been talking about in the news media on all of the panel programs on Sunday and 
let's face it, just abroad in general, Canada, UK, and other uh, areas that have a vested interest in covering U.S. news, the, 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 the story that we've heard from the onset has been Russia kind of flared up the racist right, but with this new report, it's kind of like, no, as much as we want to say that Russian, the Russians went after the, the, the white people and the white supremacist-leaning people, they, they actually attacked on a much broader scale liberals and specifically, almost like North Carolina's election laws, uh, surgically precise against African Americans online. Uh, Ron, what do we make of this? I don't know. It, things get stranger and stranger as the days go by, and it's just it's so hard to to kind of uh, piece together everything that's going on and and have it make any kind of sense. It's all kind of a big jumbled mess. It's like why? I mean, do they even okay? And this is me being completely oblivious to another culture. But do they even have black people in Russia? Um. Yes. Actually, yes, all over the world there's black people, Ron. But the, the, the thing is, it's that just like here in the United okay, States. Okay, do they have any black people in Russia that want to be there? Yeah, I was about to say, just like the United States, they're not too friendly towards their cultures and uh, cultures of color and minorities, uh, communities within their national borders. Uh, look, Ron, this is, this is something that is kind of weird because you bring up a very kind of interesting question how and and this is something that i'm just going to pose as one of those rhetorical questions you can try to answer but how did you think that russia knew that would be the way to attack american culture uh i think it's kind of like if you put too much pressure on something that already has a lot of pressure on it it's going to explode something bad's going to happen and I think that's the way they looked at it, because I think that they knew that if Trump got in, the white supremacists and the neo-Nazis would just kind of show up. Mm. You know, they didn't have to do anything with that, but they knew that they had to rile up African-Americans. And it's, you know, can I say something? African-American, that, that, that phrase, my neighbor, who is a black person, isn't from Africa. Well, I know, I know, you're getting into that debate again, but look, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is like, when you ask a question like that, Russia would take it through an agency they had set the uh, called the Internet Research Agency. You remember when we were talking about them a lot? Yeah. Yeah, they would take a statement, like, let's say you made that statement online. They would take that statement. And then they would magnify it through thousands and thousands and thousands of bogus accounts. Or, like they did in the case of, uh, well, celebrity quotes. Ron, you're a celebrity. I uh, am? Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. get me out of here. Hey-ho! Hey! Uh, like no. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, it's like, I don't think they have a, I'm a celebrity, get me out of Racine, Wisconsin. Yeah, that's pretty much me. I gotta do that on my own. Yeah. Okay. But uh, the, one of the things that they'd put up online. Let's say you're a celebrity. They had this quote up there. Uh, it was on a page called "Born Liberal." It was uh, the the quote said, "Quote: The people believe what the media tells them to believe," and it was uh, credited to George Orwell. Problem: George Orwell never said that. So let's say if I put a a meme together with your face. 
created a fake group and, and said, Ron said something along the lines of, the only way to be right in this country is to get rid of minority labels. There's only Americans. And uh, that's surely, contextually, not what you said. But using the IRA system, the Internet Research uh, Agency system, uh, at least according to this report that was put out by the uh, Senate Committee on Intelligence, they would magnify a statement like that 1,500 times and then, thanks to the way that information is propagated through social media, would see that magnified exponentially. Therefore, Ron, making you the leader of a fake kind of a movement through something that you never actually said. Um, is that how social media works? I guess it does now in Trump's America. I'm sorry, Putin's America. Um, you know, it's it's funny. Um, I I, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm as what some people may not know. I am ordained uh, as a as a minister. Yes, mm. I am. I'm Reverend Ron. Um, no no offense, Ron DMC. Um, and uh, I I did kind of think about starting a church. Um, a few times, you know, tax exempt status and whatnot. Plus, I saw that John Oliver segment, and I want a, a jet now. Um, but um, I'm getting to my point. Don't worry. Okay. Um, I'm you just mentioned like, like, I'm, I'm, like the, I'm the leader. I'm the, I, you know, the, with this meme and stuff. I'd be the leader of this a completely fake organization. It's like, yeah, I've already thought about that. I don't need a meme. But uh, you know. It's uh, it's 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 ridiculous because social media is supposed to bring us together, and all it's doing is tearing us apart. It's uh, well, this is the thing because that seems what its intent from the onset was designed to do: divide and conquer. And now with this report that has come out, we we have. And and I'm going to ask you, is it any surprise we have a bipartisan kind of outcry for some sort of action and some sort of reaction towards Russia to take place now with this knowledge? Ron, are you shocked? No, Mm -hmm. nothing shocks me anymore. We have a, a small-handed, large-egoed, walking corn dog with hair for a president. Uh, we have—I uh, I just saw something recently, and it's—it was a meme, but I think you can verify the information on it. Uh, it had listed how many um, uh, investigations there were into a president, how many years they were president, how many people went to jail because of said investigations, and it went as far back as I want to say Nixon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only person on that list that didn't have any investigations, that had no jail time, was Obama. Yeah. And we talked a little bit uh, about that yesterday on the show with Drew Landry about how Obama's legacy seems to be the thing that Donald Trump attacks the most. And it's kind of funny because when it came up to the 2016 election, Russia knowing that there was that kind of, uh, who does Barack Obama think he is being so perfect kind of reaction out there in American society, they they sought to use that to create divisive lines. And not only that, Ron, sophisticatingly enough, uh, 
with surgical precision once again against minority communities in the United States. They also set up a pretty elaborate voter suppression scheme by telling people, hey, their vote doesn't matter, or, hey, the way you voting has changed, uh, all you have to do is this. And once again, it didn't go over well on either side of the political aisle. Now, okay, Ron, let's talk about states real quick. In oh, the, boy. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you'll see how this all ties back because this is how serious this story is, okay? Right now, there is one particular state, we've mentioned it a couple of dozen times on this show, that is having a very particular scandal happening around an election, and that has to be resolved before Congress sits down to the new session in January. Ron, do you know the state? Uh, isn't it uh, hot ginger? No, 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 no. That's not what we call North Carolina these days. We call oh. it... Yes, it is North Carolina. Now, keep in mind, Republicans in North Carolina, and we'll talk about this in the second part of the show, Republicans in North Carolina have been particularly geared towards anti-democratic kind of actions and legislation as of yet. However, this scandal with how Russia was going to suppress and uh, manipulate the United States vote was so big that coming out of the Senate Intelligence Committee, the chairman, Richard Burr, who happens to be a North Carolina Republican, said, quote, hostile foreign actors seeking to manipulate and subvert public opinion can take advantage of social media platforms for nefarious purposes. Even a guy that you would figure would be deep, deep into agreeing with anything Trump was doing towards voter suppression, voter fraud investigations. Even a guy like that is saying something is wrong and we need to take action. Now, he even went on to say he, he specifically that their efforts were aimed at dividing America by, quote, race, religion, and ideology in an effort to erode trust in our democratic institutions. At the end of the day... Ron, this is a Republican talking to Donald Trump. Will he listen? I don't think so. This man has got cotton in his ears or something. It, it, the guy, like again, he's a walking corn dog with hair. Um, and I think that uh, he was totally summed up in uh, it's a Trump. It's a very it's a Trump Christmas or whatever. Uh, it's a wonderful Trump. Ah, yes. Uh, an SNL. That was, that was, I, I would love to have lived in that world where uh, Kellyanne Conway is speaking to her husband and doesn't look horrible and uh, Melania divorced him. And, you know, you know, and, and I love, I just, well, you know, I, I know. I, here's the thing. Here's the thing is people are still mad that the black guy won. It's been two years. Well, mm. 10 years at this point. I, I Yeah, I know, I know. But this is the thing. At the end of all of this, there's something very disturbing that that, that <clears throat> the fine gentleman from New York, uh, Mr. Richard Burr, I mean New York, North Carolina, said, uh, here it goes, quote, most troubling, these activities have not stopped. Now, here's the yeah. thing. We know that uh, there is, coming up, 
a very good chance of a contentious 2020 presidential election. And these efforts started ahead, well, actually, now they're trying to say that they might have even started way back in 2012. But these efforts started in earnest in 2016 here in the United States. Ron, why are we really looking into this now, is it because that Donald Trump has just been so scandal-laden, or is it the fact that Russia continues to do it and the president refuses to see it, so now the intelligence community and the Senate arm of the intelligence wing is going, you have to act? Which one of those two scenarios you think? I think it's because everybody's now realizing what's going on, and they are noticing that he's not... Um, doing anything. It's like it's not that he doesn't notice it. He knows it's there. He knows it's happening. But you know he can't can he cannot turn. Uh, he has to turn blind eye to uh, superior leader. <laughs> okay. Well, here's some of the names of people that have been calling for action. All right, and and a couple of them aren't going to surprise you. One is Kamala Harris. And basically said, look, these attacks are going to continue until the federal government starts taking this threat seriously. Uh, you've got the normal players like Cory Booker. You've got Senator uh, Mark Warner of Virginia. All of these people are basically coming out and saying, look, we've seen the report. We know the extent of the manipulation. But since nobody is going to bring it to light, here is all of it, millions and millions of posts across the Thousands and thousands of accounts on every single social media platform out there. We're going to put evidence out there. So overwhelming, you have to act. But is there any surprise that, let me double check my Twitter real quick. Is there any surprise, Ron, that the top guy right now in the United States has went radio silent on this? He knows what's going on. That's why he's remaining radio is silent. And that's the thing is he he's really bad at playing poker. Um, when he's guilty, he, he takes to Twitter and just unleashes this barrage of idiocy. But when he's really guilty, like really guilty, he doesn't say anything. Yeah, well, see, that's just it because <clears> – <throat> He chose to use his Twitter day to basically subvert and dodge around the, 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 the issue of the, the investigation. And, as a matter of fact, said something along the lines of, and I'm reading from his Twitter account, the Russian witch hunt hoax started by the, as an insurance policy long before I ever got elected is very bad for our country. He's he's going off in another, well, now that I can't dispute the actual evidence, I'm going to say that it's all a hoax. But with this report, how likely are people to go, yeah, yeah, I can kind of see room for a hoax? Uh, you're going to get the idiots with their MAGA hats who think that it's a hoax. But you have people with at least a fourth of their brain like us. Yeah, but who, uh, millions and millions of posts spread across thousands and thousands of fake accounts set up by the Internet Research Agency, a known wing of Russian intelligence, on every single social media platform. That has got to mean something, right, Ron? 
It, it does. And I, I, I long for the days when IRA uh, meant that there were some Irish people that were going to bomb you. Mm, now, that's 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 really kind of morbid. But the funny thing is, is that that at least there was actually, a reason for that. Well, they they did probably. And here's the thing, because this did not just happen in the United States. Remember, there is a full blown investigation in the United Kingdom behind the IRA's role in the 2015 Brexit vote. As a matter of fact, the UK ex, uh, investigators are maybe may thinking along the lines of, hey, you know, that might have been a warm up. For us uh, seeing the United States election manipulated. So, no, no, go for it, Ron. What were you going to say? Uh, I, that, that's exactly – That's how, how, how messed up is it that the U.K., which used to be this huge world power, used to be our mommy and daddy, uh, are the warm-up. They're the that to, 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 for, This is for the wrestling fans out there. They were the dark match oh. for, for our main event. Wow. And the bad thing is, is nobody between Russia and the UK brought, uh, broke kayfabe. Now, here's the thing. They they are in the UK saying, look, hey, whoa. And, and this is every news program I watch over there. They are looking at the United States story of saying, oh, my God, the United States is clearly, clearly, clearly under a program of manipulation, disinformation, and propaganda by Russian intelligence forces. And, oh, by the way, don't, don't get all comfy and snooty over your crumpets and tea. That means that we are, too. And through the lens of looking at the United States, we know exactly how to look for that evidence when it comes to our processes here in the United Kingdom. Now, this is the thing, though. As long as Donald Trump says nothing, other nations are going to be like, well, until the president says something, maybe it's not a thing, and Russia will continue these practices. What do you think it's going to take for us to kind of not only wake up our own country, but wake up the world and kind of, you know, put Russia in its place with these cyber uh, campaigns? <sighs> I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it's almost like we've been dumbed down so much that um, we're at a point where we have to uh, um, give them 100% proof right in their face. Well, I, I mean, this report is 100. It's, it's a thousand. It's, no, it's millions percent. A proof because of the sheer volume of stuff that it lists within. But, Ron, when it comes to diplomacy in the United States, Trump has always favored warm and cozy relations with Russia. And he has, time and time and time again, when confronted with the uh, allegations of Russian manipulation ahead of the Helsinki thing, Remember this year when he goes, I don't see any reason why Russia would mess with us, then got back to the United States and said, oh, I misspoke. I should have said wouldn't mess with us. But time and time again, Trump has played soft in front of Putin. Remember the famous picture from the G20 as well. So now here we go. At the end of the day, the president is supposed to be the leader of the country. And if the president isn't going to lead the charge against Russian electioneering of foreign elections, how likely 
Are we to have a solution before 2020 rolls around? I, I don't think we are. Uh, you know what we need? I, I, I kind of look at, I wish the U.S. was a boat. I, and we could uh, we could just mutiny. Uh, Ron, we kind of are a boat. Well, we kind of can mutiny. It was written into the Declaration of Independence. Uh, I don't know how to tell you this. It's kind of in our founding documents. We can do that if we want. Uh, founding fathers kind of wrote it into the very fabric of the country. The thing is, though, well, then it's time to it's time to may have him walk the plank. Then, well. That's just it. A lot of people are speculating that the whole reason that impeachment hasn't come up is because two reasons. One, Democrats are waiting to be politically uh, <clears throat> more numerically superior, a la wait until they get the House in January and also maybe even stretch it out a little bit towards the 2020 election to make the, to solidify their power base. Or two, and here's the thing, Ron... With all of this information put forward, all of it, maybe, just maybe, uh, I, I don't know how to say this, maybe, just maybe, it's time to, to stop denying facts, stop denying what the, the, the president is saying about they would never do that, and just take action to protect us before the next time they wreck us. Well, I mean, if he did that, then he would not be in—he would not be in good favor with uh, Vladimir Putin. Yeah. Okay. But <clears throat> here's the thing: out of your state, there's a certain guy, and and I'm not going to mention uh, him. I'm not going to mention him by name because we're going to get ready and take a break here. But there is a certain guy that has been Donald Trump's buddy buddy for the longest time, and even he, after. After seeing all of this evidence, even he has started to say, mm, maybe we should do something about it. But, Ron, as a staunch Republican, he actually came up with a kind of silly defense of all of this. Now, I I'm pretty sure you know who I'm talking about, aren't you? Oh, you mean the guy that basically made Tony Evers a one-term governor? No! You'll find out in just a sec. It has to do with the Russian role in our 2016 election and the problems facing the GOP party nationally. Find out what it's all about. Up next, it's the Shaggy Jenkins Show. This is Scientific American's 60-Second Science. I'm Christopher Intagliata. Long before dolphins swam the seas, their near-lookalike ichthyosaurs inhabited the Earth's oceans. Now scientists say those ancient seafaring reptiles may have had more in common with modern-day sea turtles and marine mammals than we knew. Over time, a dead animal's bones can be slowly replaced by minerals, leaving behind a rocky fossil. The researchers demineralize the 180-million-year-old fossil of an ichthyosaur and it left behind soft, flexible tissues. Which is kind of amazing. Johan Lindegren, a paleontologist at Lund University in Sweden. 
It turns out that the skin is still there uh, with cells and cellular organelles and even traces of the original biomolecular makeup. Those remains revealed that the ichthyosaur sported camouflage, appropriate for its underwater environment. Light on the bottom, darker on top, just like many marine animals have today. The researchers also found a black, glossy substance that was harder to identify, so they collected dead sea turtles and porpoises and mimicked fossilization by heating and squashing the creature's skin which led them to realize that the darker substance in the ichthyosaur fossil must be blubber. So from having blubber, we can say that to some extent the ichthyosaur must have been warm-blooded, so to say, at least to the same degree as the modern leatherback turtle. The write-up and photos of the fossil are in the journal Nature. And there's one more intriguing secret contained in the remains, protonaceous material which makes you wonder, if you sequenced it, could you go backwards and reconstruct the DNA that coded for the proteins? In other words... Bingo! Dino DNA! Of course, ichthyosaurs were not dinosaurs, but the Jurassic Park methodology is what's important. So could we resurrect ones starting from their protein sequences? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, perhaps. <laughs> we should never say never. Thanks for listening. For Scientific American's 60 Second Science, I'm Christopher Intagliata. More news, less alternative facts. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show on the Pacifica Radio Network. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show on the Pacifica Radio Network. Welcome back to it. Hey, if you've missed any part of the first segment of our show, feel free to jump over to the website shaggychickens.com and... Now, subscribe to us on Spotify right through there. Or, if you want to, follow me on social media at Shaggy Live. And I know I advertise that on every single show. And I'm probably getting a couple of Russian trolls attached to me. One guy that is not considered an internet troll, more like an internet unicorn because of his special uniqueness. Host of the Ron Pertee Show on Pacifico Radio Networks, it is Ron Pertee. That's me. Hey, Ron, let's go into something that I kind of teased ahead of the break. Now, remember how I said all of these things that are coming forward about the investigation behind the 2016 election... And, and one guy was kind of going to say, well, psh, after all of this information is presented to me, I've identified the real problems within the GOP. Would you believe it's Paul Ryan? No, I would not believe that it's Paul Ryan. The, it man, who, the man who had a, his headquarters across the street from one of my favorite bars. So every time I'd have to walk outside to use the phone or get some fresh air, I would have to see his visage well that's one thing that you won't be seeing around washington dc much longer his no he's coming home thanks that's great yeah 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 well on his way out the door he made sure to tell everybody exactly what he thought the problem with the gop was now in light of all of the stuff that we know about trump being kind of a narcissistic self-centered person that it looks like at this point is willing to cooperate with a foreign government to get what he wanted, circumventing constitutional law and a lot of political norms in the process of doing it. Paul Ryan says, no, it's identity politics. Um, explain, Ron. He's from your state. Yeah, but we're trying to disavow any knowledge of Paul Ryan. 
I, I um, know, but on this show, I am going to make you answer for that guy because this is one of those opinions that even I'm going, what the, huh? I think he, he sees himself as uh, some kind of, uh, like, he can be a savior now that he doesn't ha- he's not there. He doesn't have to, to put up with it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but pulling a Jerry Maguire who's coming with me kind of mo- uh, movement right now isn't isn't really going to have much impact because everybody's already been through the election. They know where they're seated, they're seated in the new uh, Congress, and they're not really likely to follow his advice. But here's the thing that I want to bring up. Anytime Republicans talk about identity-backed politics or identity-based politics, it always comes across as a little dog whistle-ish. Does it do that to you as well? Oh, definitely. Yeah, now what do you think they're whistling to when they say that? I don't know. That's a good question. See, for me, I'm always on the assumption that when a Republican uses the word, or phrase, I should say, when a Republican uses the phrase identity-based politics, it always seems that they're talking about (coughs) minority communities. Uh, There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, and, and Paul Ryan, you know, bastion of wisdom that he is, Paul Ryan seems to say that w- within United States politics, and specifically within the GOP, these backing only certain identities or cultures associated with certain stereotypes, that is the death bell for the Republican Party. And, hey, look, I'm going to say something that's going to hurt your feelings, but he actually might kind of be right. Uh, Shaggy, why? Why? Well, because I know that you love Paul Ryan, and he's going to be home very soon. Oh, oh. He, can take, he can take his PX-90 and go somewhere, huh? Yeah, but okay, now keep in mind, he's defending a president who over the weekend basically showed absolute disregard for how judicial procedures work when he said people broke into Michael Cohen's office, you know, the one that he also called a rat invoking mo- mafioso-type language. Now, he said that these investiga- these people broke into his office, and, and that's like, no, they didn't break into Michael Cohen's office. They, they were serving a search warrant, and that is how legal searches are done. But that's just it. Paul Ryan, in the light of all of this stuff, still seems to dog whistle that the, the failings of American politics are clearly on the shoulders of liberals. Uh, no, that no, 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 no. Uh, I feel I feel like uh, like I'm having a temper tantrum here, but it, it's it's he's so wrong. It's it's scary. Yeah, and I mean we've seen time and time again, especially in stories like uh, the ones out of North Carolina, Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, that the GOP does have a certain distaste for the processes of democracy in America. But Paul Ryan kind of in his defense of those democratic processes is once again laying it out there that, hey, if they don't work for the GOP, then obviously we need to fix it. See, and that's the whole thing is the GOP just thinking of the GOP and not anybody else. Yeah, because when it comes to them thinking of themselves, here's their problem. Right now, they are saddled with a president that is, as we were talking in the first segment, 
showing a really buddy-buddy, cozy relationship, at least in the digital realm on social media, with Russian intelligence. And I kind of want to segue out of Paul Ryan's craziness back to the Russian craziness, because here's one of the things. As long as we're talking about attacks on American democracy, true attacks, I want you to consider this. In that report that also that, that, that came out and outlined the extent that Russian operations went through the Internet Research Agency, a little subplot, and I know you're a fan of these, Ron, a, uh. a subplot has come up in the movie The Downfall of America. And this subplot has to do with one specific target that started coming out the second that he was known to the public by name. Ron, now in that report, I want to present to you one person who should, uh, let's just go ahead and say, shouldn't be on anybody's radar because he barely talks publicly. Is it any surprise to you that the IRA and these thousands and thousands of accounts and millions of postings were actually shown in a very subversive way as of May and June of 2017 went on the attack against Robert Mueller? Uh, I cannot wait for this year to be over. You know, because I know it's, uh, but I shouldn't say that because now I'm jinxing myself because 2019 will just be worse. Mm-hmm. But I can't, I mean, it's like they, they, now keep in mind that their data was based down on a couple of organizations, right? And one of those organizations, one of those reports was done by Oxford University's Computational Propaganda Project. Now, you want to talk about a, a, a very big scope. This program looks at how digital communities are used to manipulate public opinion, specifically when it comes to opinions, legislation, and judicial kind of processes. Now, they are the ones that really went in depth with how far Russia went to besmirch Mueller. I gotta ask a question that it doesn't seem that a lot of people are asking. And Ron, luckily, you're the guy that gets to answer it. Yay! Knowing what we know now in the Mueller investigation and the extent, oh, and by the way, the timetable of communications between the Trump administration slash Trump campaign and Russian intelligence, is there kind of a chance that when Donald Trump was getting to first feel the pressure of Mueller, he might have, uh, through his agents, asked the Russians to handle his problem. Oh, I 100% believe that. I mean, how can you not? Well, look, as much as I would like to decry and say, oh, God, this is just us playing into conspiracy, I, I also want to... Bring... I don't look like Alex Jones. I you don't know. sound like Alex Jones. I don't think Sandy Hook was a false flag operation, so, I mean, you know. I know, but conspiracies always exist, and conspiracy theorists always exist in the least likely of places. So I want to solidify what I mean here. Donald Trump, over the weekend, with his tweets against lawful searches that were executed after a search warrant was obtained from a federal judge... That kind of shows that he is willing 
and 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 kind of thinking in the directions to use mafia tactics. And and when he calls like Michael Cohen hey, that dirty rat and stuff like that, we all know the subplots of most good Italian mafia movies, especially ones based in New York, eventually they all have to make a deal with the Russians, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> Marty Scorsese could not have made this any better. I'm being very honest here because if you're if you're looking at this kind of from that that that, that kind of this is the world of 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 gangster kind of mentality, you you bad mouth everybody, but in the end of the day, you you got to go deal with the Russians at the table down by the docks. Um. This seems, at least when it comes to the attacks on Mueller, to me, at least, it does seem a little suspicious in the timing, specifically knowing that people within Trump's administration were still kind of considered compromised and close to the inner circle around that time frame. Ah. <sighs> It's it's I don't want to make it like a conspiracy theory, Ron, but I'm saying if you're looking at this like from what the president says on Twitter and what these reports are saying, specifically who they're targeting, the time frames they're targeting, then juxtaposition that with what he's saying at his rallies around the same time, it does seem rather suspect. Yeah, I mean, it's time for us to have a conspiracy theory that actually works as opposed to the ones that are just completely out of left field, like Pizzagate and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, with this, we kind of, you know, uh, it makes sense. It's not something that's kind of out of left field. Well, okay, let's say say it's non-conspiratorial, okay? Let's go the coincidental route. It does seem rather suspect or rather neat that... Russian agents were watching Donald Trump's rallies and extracting the things that he was talking about in their kind of, let's set up the next campaign of who we're going against. So even if Trump did not ask for this, it was kind of a very, it was a, a, a cooperative effort between him going out and saying those rallies and then the agents at the IRA, the Internet Research Agency, using those talking points and who they targeted. So there we go. I've given you the conspiracy and the what if it's just a random coincidence scenarios. Which one are you more likely to believe? Uh, I don't know. It's gotten to a point now where everything is... Oh, shagging my brain hurts. Make it stop. <laughs> I can't. Make it stop. I can't because as long as we're talking about Mueller, we have to bring up what Mueller's latest kind of communique to the public is because here's the thing. As long as we're talking about people that had close ties to Russia, one of the most suspectiest of suspects has been Michael Flynn, former national security advisor. Yeah. And man, and man with uh, the most military grade haircut ever. Okay, I know it's kind of a general issue, uh, government issued cut. But look, when it comes to his testimony in front of investigators, Mueller's latest report outlines the extent of lies that Michael Flynn told them in his initial interviews. And is it any surprise to you that once again? 
we have Michael Flynn in this interview after they went back and fact-checked it, basically saying, uh, oh, yeah, that's a good reminder. And that was his exact quote, uh, yeah, that's a good reminder. When investigators brought up meetings between him and Sergei Klisniak, he's the Russian ambassador that has ties to Russian intelligence. Now, Ron, Michael Flynn's testimony does kind of say that, hey, uh, when he was uh, initially interviewed by investigators in this whole thing, he lied, lied, and lied some more and was still kind of actively in communication with those same Russian agents. Of course he was. I mean, uh, yeah, you can't yeah, – that's one of those things. It's like you, uh, don't fool yourself. You know, uh, all these people are lying and they're going to jail for the walking corn dog with hair. And the minute he's out of office, he's he's the one that's going to who's going to have to take an even bigger fall. Yeah. And let's just let's just go ahead and dangle this little carrot out there. Mueller is recommending no time for Flynn. And that means that the potential weight of evidence that he has given the investigative team and the uh, special counsel is pretty big, isn't it? Uh, he must have given them the world. Well, I, I say this because based on past observations. Remember Michael Cohen's little sentence recommendation of, hey, we the federal prosecutors, because of the level of cooperation, see that he doesn't need a, a, a big amount of sentence. And then in the aftermath released a report of things that Michael Cohen had offered up, and it was devastating. Now, we are just now starting to get the inklings of what Flynn has said, but given that the special prosecutor is looking for the same sentence, I'm thinking, uh, Ron, it's going to be pretty big. Uh, uh, I believe believe the old song goes, I wish you a, a Mueller Christmas. I wish you a Mueller Christmas. I wish you a Mueller Christmas and impeachment next year. Oh, I know, I know. And it looks more than likely that the uh, kind of activities undertaken by Michael Flynn could directly implicate the president in impeachable offenses. But this is the thing. I'm still thinking that there's more to it. Yeah, well, we'll find out soon, I hope. Yeah, yeah, because it doesn't seem that Mueller... and, And this is the thing. Time and time again... We've always kind of, even on this show a couple of times, we've we've predicted the, ooh, the big, big end of this thing is coming. But, Ron, we're going into a new year with a new House of Representatives. I'm thinking that Mueller's case is so big that when it does actually come out, it's not going to be anytime soon, and it's going to be intense. Thoughts? Yeah. It, it's going to be uh, the. It's going to take a while for newspapers and uh, talking head pundits to wrap their head around everything that's going to be coming out. And it, it's going to. They're going to need analyst after analyst. So MSNBC, if you're hiring, I'd love to come on there and just spend ten minutes going. Oh, are we still doing this? 
because that's exactly what I would do. You know, out of all the correspondents, you are the most exasperated one on this show. It seems like every time we bring up stories, you're the one that's more likely to go, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, it's times like this I miss Keith Oberman. Wow. Well, you know, first off, thanks, I guess. And, and second, here's the thing. A lot of people, and, and this is something that's, that's kind of devastating to guys like me. A lot of people have said, we have a problem reaching certain segments of the American community with the seriousness of this information. And, and <clears throat> there's a couple of different psychological things here in play. There's the uh, what's called the rebound effect, where basically you, you hear something that contradicts what you say, and then you jump into things that validate it even more, no matter how fictitious they are, to, you know, <clears throat> re-correct your worldview. And then there's also the, 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 the whole, the more facts that you present in front of people, the more facts that you just throw in front of people, the more likely they are not to be able to make a decision. So, Ron, this is the thing I want to ask you. Are we likely to see a big, devastating bombshell from Mueller? Or, given what we've seen this this entire year, is it going to be more of a slow burn? I think he's been doling it out very small in very small doses now. But what's going to end up happening is after the Democrats take control of the House, and what is at the end of January, mm-hmm. something like that, when they when they take control of the house, he's just going to be like, um, "How do I put this and not get, get you in trouble with the FCC?" Um, he's just going to whip it out and, and show it. Oh, you're thinking that the, the more favorable conditions with the house. Now, this is something that I wanted to bring up because I I know that he has and he used this against people like Gotti. He's used this against uh, certain other people that he's went uh, uh, against in the past. Mueller has this sneaky system of speaking indictments, of, of, of implicating people and players in other people and players' court findings and court discovery papers. So, Ron, I'm wondering, are we going to see more of a case built up on Mueller's system of speaking indictments and less likely to see a, a, a big grand report or, or is the speaking indictments the, and the volume of them really kind of indicative of, oh, my God, when the report comes out, it's going to be uh, planet shifting? It, it, it's going to be epic. It's going to be like Superman flying back backwards around the Earth to, to turn back time to save Lois Lane. Well, I mean, we know that everybody is kind of waiting for Donald Trump to, to, to have some sort of consequence from this. I mean, a lot of people, and I see this on social media, and stop doing this. They keep saying, Santa, please bring Trump an impeachment this year. But I'm thinking that this could actually drag on till next summer. Uh, I don't know if I can handle that. This is some, I, uh, have you ever been in a Wisconsin winter, Shaggy? No. Okay. It's pretty much exactly what's going on in the news every day. Oh, you think it's over, but then it's back. You, you, exactly. You have signs of, of like springtime weather, but then winter comes back. It's, it's four, it was 45 degrees today uh, in, in the middle of December in Wisconsin. 
You just know that something bad's coming. We're all preparing for it. We know that at some point that 45 is going to drop to five and we're going to be blanketed with feet of snow. Yeah. And that's like, and that's what the, the, this whole Mueller investigation is. So this is the thing that, that I really, really have got to ask, though. At the end of the day, it does seem kind of likely that Mueller is is building more of a slow burn case against Donald Trump because he knows the players in the Senate. Now, even with a warm and friendly House of Representatives, you think that it's going to be an uphill battle in the Republican-controlled Senate when this report is released? I don't know. I think finally people are going to see what's going on, and they're going to see the true colors of uh, Corn Dog Boy. And uh, it's going to—I think a lot of things are going to change if he hasn't offic- if he hasn't destroyed the GOP by then. Mm. Okay. Well, because this is the thing. Even some of the most staunch supporters, people like Lindsey Graham, when they, they were looking at these reports, even they were like, oh, my God, this is— intense and we need to know the people that are behind all of this all the players right now and if you've got somebody that has been a trump cheerleader saying hey look uh, this warrants investigation i'm kind of wondering if a lot more republican senators faced with the weight of what could be known would just basically say okay look politics are over we we, we have to fix this yeah, you hope so. Mm, you, you hope that these you hope that these good old boys don't just uh, put their heads in the sand. Well, I know, and given the fact that North Carolina is still going through a little bit of a problem figuring out who's going to be showing up to Congress when that new session starts, um, Ron, is this going to be a bipartisan effort, or is this something that Democrats in the House are going to have to force all the way through? until the Senate kind of bends to their will? Uh, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to have to, they're going to have to force it through. Um, like, uh, okay, I can't say that. Um, they're going yeah, they're just going to have, we'll just stop with, they're going to have to force it through. Okay. I am going to imagine that whatever you was going to say was pretty bad, huh? It was. All right. So look, we only got like a minute or so left. And this is the thing. We're at the point of the, the, the country's history where we have a president turning a blind eye to a foreign government's electioneering of a presidential race here. Well, one, because it benefited him personally. And two, because he wanted some hotel deals over there, which has come to light in the investigation. But with all of this stuff coming out, Ron is 2019. 2019, is it the year of Trump impeachment, or is it the year that American democracy finally capitulates to the GOP and dies completely? Well, I mean, it's all depending on whether or not the planet's still alive. Oh, God, I forgot about the whole environmental stuff. (laughs) Yeah, they had that whole agreement in Poland. All these countries came together except one. Guess who? Us. Us. Yay. Hey, uh, Ron, where can people find you and your fine program? They can find everything at ron.world. This week I talked to Morgan, Morgan Peter Braun from the film All the Creatures Were Stirring. If you're into Christmas horror, this is the episode for you.
Ooh, okay, so new episode out weekly on that. If you want anything about our show, you know, this one, mine, go to ShaggyJenkins.com or follow us on uh, social media at Shaggy Life. Please don't be a Russian troll. Hey, uh, any, because this is your last show before the holidays, Ron, any last words? Uh, Merry Christmas, people. Don't uh, drink too much eggnog uh, and watch Silent Night Deadly. Okay. Hey, for everybody here at the show, oh, God, stay tuned because apparently there's more to come in the weeks to come. Until the next show, love you, mean it. Kate in, bye.